Athletes, take your mark, get set. It's time for the Addict to Athlete podcast. Hey everybody out there, Coach Blue Robinson here. Thank you all so much for downloading, sharing, and subscribing to the podcast. We appreciate you sharing this with individuals that may be struggling with any kind of addiction, mental health issues, trauma. Addict to Athletes podcast is designed to help inspire you to change, to erase the addiction and place it with things of greater value. Athletes, check out our website for all of our bonus content and additional material, addict2athlete.org. And uh, check out the uh, backlog podcast we have. We've got lots of content for you there to download, listen to, share, and really contribute your thoughts on how to increase your own overall mental health and addiction recovery. Athletes, I've got a great guest today, one that we've tried to get on here for a while, but this man is busy. And I love it because as we were, you know, kind of wrapping before we recorded here a um, lot of similarities in mindsets and whatnot and i love it when when we get people that think outside the box and i want to introduce um wes hurt who's the founder and ceo of clean cause and some of you out there athletes have heard about this the uh, entrepreneur and and uh, man man in sobriety who is changing the outlook of being able to serve the underutilized uh, i guess aspects of of raising money for people who struggle with addiction through some amazing efforts. Uh, Wes, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for carving out some time, brother. Tell our listeners a little bit about you, maybe some background, and why you decided to literally turn the mess of addiction into the message of sobriety. You got it, Coach. I mean, I wanted to say, Coach, it's been a long time. You know? Yeah. I did hang up the official sports in, in, in junior high, which was part of my story because I went to drugs then instead of, uh, of athlete, uh, mm. you know, athletics. But anyway, sorry, I digress. Um, You're fine. My name is Wes. I'm a, I'm a father of two uh, Austin boys. I'm based in Austin, Texas. Um, nice. I'm a person in recovery um, or an addict, whichever one resonates with you or doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, you know, I'm a serial entrepreneur. Um, and you started a company called Clean Cause, uh, which is a sparkling beverage company, again, based in beautiful Austin, Texas. And um, mm. we, we donate 50% of the net profits to support individuals in recovery from alcohol and drug addiction. 50%. Um, yeah. And, our, and like, our that, oh, go ahead. I'm just kind of blown away again, because as we were talking beforehand, Wes, and, and you know this, the industry of, of any kind of addiction recovery process is typically about making as much money as possible. 50% of any business going to help someone to donation to a cause, that almost seems like, uh, what, like, like, like business suicide. Tell me, about, tell me about your mindset behind that. Like, why is that even yeah. something that resonates yeah. with you? Yeah, for sure. You know, um, you know, seven years ago. Um, my story, I'm not unique per se, mm-hmm. my, the, per, the, the actual, you know, stories and particulars and the flavors of my consequences might be uh, a little mm-hmm. bit different, but they all have the same root cause, an addiction of some sort that causes the consequences that are not desirable or, or positive. But, um, you know, when I look back at, um, excuse me, I apologize. I, it's been, I, sleeping awesome so what was the you're question fine again? brother <laughs> what was the question again <laughs> just kind of what why the mindset of wanting to donate 50 percent of your proceeds to oh, people in recovery like, oh you mean like the biggest question i forgot the oh, biggest okay. question because when i saw your, your 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 logo uh on on the sparkling cans and and i'm like 50 percent yeah brother so, that's again that's like in business world that's that's execution that's how you're keeping your lights on so, so seven years ago, this is where I was going, apologize. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there and I was, you know, I 
finally getting the opiates out of my system. You know, my last couple of years were on the opiates and went to just a different level. Um, but, you know, for all the years, 20 years before that, you know, I'd always been seen as kind of a creative guy, a guy who was aspirationally wanting to be an entrepreneur and stuff, but drugs and alcohol were always present too. Yeah. You took those away, you go to this reacclimation period of like, you know, biochemically, but emotionally and spiritually. And honestly, you, you know, for me, it came to a place of like identity crisis or do I have anything to give? You know, right before I got sober, I hung out in the cemetery for nine months and I wanted to kill myself. And mm. I'll never forget saying like, God, I have nothing to give the world. Because when you removed my uh, my liquid courage, so to speak, or my pills, yeah. or things that allow me to think abstract and creative and, and um, do I have anything? And, you know, there was a period of time where it just felt dead, kind of. There was no activity inside of me. You know, you don't have a lot of your natural things firing that you might if you weren't. And so that, you know, you, you got to be patient. It's very difficult with that road back to that where your synapses and everything's just hitting neurotransmitters or whatever the, mm -hmm. I know just enough to be dangerous, but um, yeah. I guess my, my, my point is, is that, you know, I'll never forget sitting there and when the idea was born, I mm -hmm. literally, it was born on the mission to give 50% back. I was sitting in a room of a 12-step meeting mm -hmm. and I go, Fuck, what am I going to do with my life? How am I going to get out of this? I, I'm not going to live. I, even though I don't have the drugs, there is nothing here. And then 50% just popped in my head. And I go, I want to do something radically different. And then I go, but what do I know? Dude? And I was like, boom, recovery. I'm just going to leverage my story in the sense of just going out there. And I say leverage now, but I did, you know, yeah. I mean that in a positive way. And, you know, yeah. it's like, I look back and I'm like, wait, what? How? So we started with a mission. I don't know. It was born on the mission of giving yes. 50% back. And then it went to a name. And then it went to a product. So uh -huh. oftentimes it goes the opposite way. But, um, mm -hmm super grateful to have done that but okay so why is that a good idea um you know <laughs> early on I, I i knew that i wanted something with purpose i needed an explicit north star and the way that i felt inside when i thought about addiction and recovery and how intimate and how integral it was just in thoughts of every day i'm like dude i need that and i want that i it's 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 like a calling of sorts it's what i sync up with you know it's the language i'm speaking and so forth so yeah think some of it was born of that but the flip side was that I also am a marketer in the sense of knowing disruption and and this idea of you know I bought in really early in this man that mm -hmm. that I can have you know investors can have 100% of 50 million or 50% of 500 yeah it's yeah. actually the buy the byproduct of giving is receiving exponentially. Yes. I didn't say linear. I didn't say one. I said exponential because. Drill down on that, brother. Listeners, listen to what he's saying. Athletes, check it out. Listen to what Wes is saying here. So what I'm saying is, is oftentimes we put like a PS. I miss you so much and love you. And I wish I was there holding you. That's the first line. Yeah. Bring that to the. Yeah. That's the first line. P.S. is let's grab a taco next time we're in town. But the yeah. intimacy, the vulnerability, the thing that we all know optically might feel good to have or like, oh, let's put something social in there or we do this or that. Like those are all good and noble. But what I started to see is that I didn't feel like I was believing 
in things that claimed uh, impact or this or that. And I wanted to be convicted. I wanted to be compelled. And what you start to see is when you differentiate yourself on purpose and not just product, and it's real and people feel that, and you stand through the fire of the skepticism, the pessimism, which I should mention is not a, a, is not a horrible thing. It Mm-mm. speaks to a society that hasn't followed through with what its commitment said before. Yeah. So I'm working off a precedent, and I'm okay with that because we see it as an opportunity, as a differentiation to pull people into the conversation, to give them visibility, to then mm-hmm. empower them to say, look, it's not just happy horseshit. It exactly. truly is in giving that you receive. And so beyond the mo- I can tell you right now, we've had big investors because they get it. They yeah. think big. They look at the horizon. They understand, or at least a part of something they want to be that could have a societal shift. I'm not saying me. I'm saying mm-hmm. me. There might be an opportunity within this business to be able to catalyze other folks to capture and lead with the heart, but with a fiscal responsibility and the right team that's on the flip side, which is the yin-yang, of yes. which makes it lethal. So if I tell yeah. you I create a product of equal or greater value than anyone's out there, the product. So it functions equal or greater. And I tell you, I'm going to give you half away and we actually do it and we actually show you where it goes and the impact because you're investing in the right things. Because I don't consider it giving. I consider it investing. Yes. Because giving, I can give you water or, or what's the old adage, you know, teach a man, uh, give a man a fish, he'll live a day. Teach a man a fish and teach a man to fish. He'll... Exactly. I look at clean and I tell people, when you buy clean cause, yeah, I know it sounds a little cheesy. You're helping people recover in your community, but you are. You are. you're not giving them a bottle of water. You're investing mm-hmm. in their life where they're building new recovery routines and looking for a job, which has a downstream effect in the communities. Are we doing a ton today? No, not by the numbers, relatively speaking, but you have to start somewhere. And and I, and by and by that when yeah. I say we're not doing that, I, what I mean that I'm not trying to diminish or or to no. act falsely humble. It speaks to the size of this problem, and and I also yes. want to say from a humility <clears throat> standpoint, which I am an egomaniac with low self-esteem. I've always been that, but yeah. You know, um, but it's it's this impact, and what you start to see is people on their face when they've received a scholarship, which is what we do. We do sober living scholarships. So mm-hmm. people are fresh off the streets, out of jail or out of rehabs. And it's just meant to be a space for grace, man, like a, a bridge from rehab to reintegration. It's only a moment. And you yeah. know better than I how expensive mm-hmm. healthcare is. You know Absolutely. how it is. You know how long the road back is. All we're trying to do is give them one little lily pad to jump on and say, now stick, hold, hold, hold. Start developing those legs and jump to the next one. I know it's not easy. But without that continuum of care and coming back to kind of the root cause or the yep. root the root sequence of needs, Maslow's hierarchy was one that we said, look, let's give them some shelter, presumably safe, and we do whatever we can do. Let's yes. say that they're valued. And you know what? Let's not ask them for anything in return. No, and- Wes, that's spot on, brother. That is spot on. Because that lily pad that you're talking about is the most crucial foundation in the pond. It's when you're in residential treatment, you're pretty much taken care of. Then all of a sudden that comes to an end because of either insurance and or hopefully you get through it. And then where? That sober living aspect to this is so crucial and so under, I guess, I guess, value to a certain degree, because sometimes these guys get in there and I'm telling you, man, 
a lot of times, Wes, you know this as well as I do, the industry yeah. want, needs and wants money. Now, don't, granted, they're businesses. But sometimes it's like, you guys, you're taking advantage of people that don't have means to anything. And so you may say, yeah, small numbers from your inception. Your website is well over 2,000 people you've helped with over a million dollars. But as you know, the epidemic right now, we're losing 250 people a day to overdose addiction now yeah. because of all the stuff that's going on. But still, that's, two, that's 2,253 people that now have another day to, to fight, to recover, to heal. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, it's, again, to speak to the humility part, like clean cause is not the solution, but we're going to fucking be part of one. But and that's the thing, Wes. I want your opinion on this. I heard this once, and I want your thoughts because you belong in this, in this tribe. And what I mean by that, brothers, I once heard that each of us exponentially through our lifetimes have the potential to change, literally change, upwards of 70,000 lives vicariously through interactions, through people knowing us, the, you know, the things that we can do throughout our lives, we can change up to 70,000 lives directly. Yeah. Wes, at that rate, if you do it, the math, which I suck at, that's, that's 8,000 people to change the world. So each of us that do these small parts can contribute to a large whole if... No question. Right? No, in, in aggregate, we use our particular gifts and skill sets. And, you know, that speaks a little bit about to our business model and what I think is kind of flawed. Um, not flawed, I guess, maybe not the ideal. You know, you look at... Uh, sorry, sorry. I just heard. I You're just, fine, man. You just I, keep rolling with so it. So many things that just run through mm -hmm. my mind, you know. But what was important to me when this model was set up is that it was a sustainable one. You know, yeah. um, part of the problem with nonprofits is they don't make profit. Here, here. And yeah. so, you know, it's it's not about the money when people hear me say that out there. It's about sustainability. Mm -hmm. It's about enabling the people who originated these nonprofits with the pure hearts. But yes. might have the business acumen or something. That's not supposed to be their skill set. Thank you. We're 10 years into this, Wes, so I think you get what we're doing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you can't keep the lights on, then it doesn't really matter how great your heart is. And so yep. it's about an intellectual honesty of understanding the landscape, in my opinion, of nonprofits and not getting hurt feelings when you say we got to make money. We have to make yeah. it sustainable. You know, and, and quite frankly, that's the people who have the money, the philanthropists are looking for organizations who are looking for more sustainable methods. It's not a one off gift. It's an investment in life. Yeah. That's the idea. So, you know, it's not like I knew all of this right out of the gates or I'm some just genius was like, this is what we do. It's in giving that you receive. It's just, I've been given visibility to thousands of lives and what's really happening. When I travel, I go, I get out of the plane and I Google, where's the worst place in this town? And mm -hmm. I drive straight there and I get on my fucking rental car and I walk up and I go, what's up, guys? What's going on? I go, I need to yeah. feel this. What's happening in Seattle? What's yeah. happening here in Ohio? What's happening? I need to feel the streets for a minute and get the honest eyeball answers of where the compassion is and not and what's going on. And like, dude, like that's a gift that I like, you know, I yeah. get daily, but sitting here telling you because I have all my first world problems I want to bitch about. And I'm yeah. saying, you know what? I show up to these places and it gives me an understanding to remember like, dude, I have my life today. Absolutely. You know, just to put something in perspective really quick, I just got to do this too. Like, do it. Like what was it, like five days ago or something, Alec Baldwin, right, accidentally, you know, yeah. shot someone. Mm -hmm. the, the, the feeling in me and that pain that I feel for him 
for the mm -hmm. other family was kind of odd. It's a different level for me for some reason. I can't completely put my finger on it. But what, mm -hmm. what I do know is that any problem that I think I have today is nothing yeah. compared to the grief and tragedy of such a, you know, an event that just happened. And I say that to try to, if you're listening out there and you're in a moment of like, damn, it just keeps getting darker. Well, maybe we need to change the light bulb, you know, mm -hmm. and say, hey, hold on, hold on. We have everything <laughs> we need everything and more and i can tell everybody on this deal right now does money take the sting out of life hell yeah it does because yeah. i like ac in texas all right mm -hmm. i want to yeah. go up in the mountains and stuff but i can also tell you i know 20 people that are worth tons of billions and i can tell you that does not make them happier and it never did in and yeah. of itself Anyway, Wes, you you do you bring up a good point, and and part of that, brother, is because and I can feel the energy that you're that you're throwing off, and it's because, mm -hmm. believe it or not, and a lot of people wouldn't believe this, that I've noticed myself included in my own path to recovery and sobriety, and, and eventually healing from all the garbage we went through, is that there's a lot of empathy that we have for people that hurt, and I believe, and I'm a firm believer that people that struggle with addictions, our hearts are a little too big and they hurt a little too deep, and we carry the problems of everybody else as we're growing up, we find the substance that helps so you know, calm our our pain but we keep bringing others on and so when you legitimately start getting clean and sober and you start seeing other people in pain it does man it it, it aches that heart i kind of wish more people would tune into that we'd probably have a lot less issues in this country in this world if we'd start feeling instead of judging and you see it a lot i'm sure people think why in the world would you be dumping 50% of profits into people that really are choosing to stay addicted. Yeah, I... You've heard it before, right? You've heard that. Yeah, there's a lot in there. I mean, I've gotten everything. You know, your brand's called clean, and you're saying my my son, you know? I mean, yeah. I've, I've gotten it all. And, you know, I'm not mad about it, though. I'm like, no. I'm like, damn, dude, this is the reality. This is the way they felt, you know? I've got two kids. So when you back up and get behind the comments of people or behind the eyeballs and, and, and you know, their hearts, you, you're able to identify the root cause of things, you know, Spot and, on. and then you can address, you know, I think, um, yeah, dude, in terms of the empathy and compassion that we are able to have kind of a heightened sense, which I call really, I, I sometimes chalk it up as an emotional intelligence. And, yes. um, you know, I, I'm so grateful for getting my ass kicked in life and God giving me the affliction of addiction. Um, mm -hmm. Because what's interesting about it, and this this is happy horseshit and it's real. Both can, yeah. two things can be true at the same time. That the darker it is, the brighter the light. And, and the contrast, and it's, you know, and put another way, it's darkest before dawn. And, yep. and it could stay dark for a long time, but without understanding or not without understanding, but because of the reality of going to one end of the spectrum that was about as dark as it can be, and then coming the other way now, because most people don't experience that in their lives. Mm -hmm. You have a fucking opportunity to live life more fully. Absolutely. And appreciate it more. It's a gift, but you yep. don't realize it. So I'm getting, like I have a little lawsuit right now. It's really something silly. But the reality is, is we're small today. If that happened in five years, it would be a massive problem. 
TYG, and I'm talking about God, but not just the one in the churches or the Bible. I'm just saying, if you're out there, I'm just saying, look, that's a blessing. It took me two days to figure that out. Yeah. But I'm saying, wait a minute, man, you're looking out. Yep. Looking out, whoever that is. So I guess, um, yeah, I go all over the place because I get pumped up about this stuff. Yeah. Um, And I've had too much caffeine. I'm not sure, chicken or the egg. Um, But it's good though. Yeah, it's good because I can hear your passion, man, and that's the same thing that that I do too. And I I feel it, and I'm 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 pushing through some of those those you know crappy experiences and the and the 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 you know the people that try to bring you down. And at the end of the day, like you just said, at the end of the day, you do your best, but you walk in that door and you see those two little guys that are your boys, and you see your family system, and you're like, damn, I am the luckiest man in the world. Tell me about that, brother, because you've mentioned your kids a few times. How how awesome is it for you to have been in a situation where you were contemplating even sticking around on this little ball of mud called Earth to now becoming a father and a dad? And and these little guys are looking up to you, and they, they don't know all the struggles that you have, but they're like, damn, dad's kind of a superhero as, as he's, you know, coming through all this. How What's it like being a dad to you? I mean, shit. You know, you finally have empathy for your parents. You know, yeah. because you're not able to identify really the depth of love because you haven't experienced it firsthand. And, you know, when I look back at my darkest days and the trauma, essentially, I put my parents through, like, I'm blocking corners of tables for my kids trying to, you know, bump into them. I'm not yeah. talking about taking 35 biking in a day, smoking crack and ending up homeless. That's what it looked like for me. But mm-hmm. my kid slamming his head and I'm scared shitless. I have yeah. no no risk tolerance for myself per se, but for my kid, like everything. It's like, wait, mm. that's a pill bug. Will it hurt? Are we sure they don't bite? You know, yeah. it's like, um, so the love is unbelievable. I'll say a couple of things too that may not be kosher to people out there who've lived a, just a perfect life in terms of like, you know, like I think largely like my kids helped save my life over seven years too. And, mm-hmm. you know, people are always like, you can't recover for somebody else. I'm like, well, bullshit. You, you can. Yes. Um, I'm not saying that's the ideal. All of us should have it in in and of ourselves, within our hearts, that then we just emanate love because we have self-love. Bullshit. Sometimes you make life sacrifices. Yep. You've made a commitment by being a father or, or whatever it was on earth. So I, I guess what I'm saying is I truly believe they've helped save my life a couple of times where, you know, I've come to uh, a fork in the road and I said, I would have to tell them goodbye if I choose that path. Like I'd have to yeah. look these little eyes and say, no, dude, I'm going to Belize and I'm going to check out on earth and I'm out. Bye. We'll check, see y'all in the afterlife. And, and so it's a different kind of question. And it's dramatic, yeah. question, but it was real, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but let me, but let me also say something that seven years hasn't looked just fucking beautiful. Like, no, it's looked like life. Yeah. And, and, and that's what I call it now. And I'm like, damn, you know, I, you know, I recently went through a divorce um, and, and you don't get married to get divorced. Exactly. And then the shame I feel around that as a man, but also, I mean, just as a man who who thought he was pulling it together and all this, and then you build this company. Well, guess what? Clean became my drug of choice for a while. Yeah. I was grasping for purpose, you know? One mm-hmm. thing I would ask everybody out there too, and I'm sorry, I'm just going to do this one on the fly. It's, yeah, dude, yeah. like this is not... This, this is a rhetorical question because they can't answer it. <laughs> yeah, also, I also, love those. But also just for them to think about today, like, and, and this is, what is the purpose of life? Boom. And here's why. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to prescribe one. 
But if you don't have a north star, what guides you? I mean, it, I, I guess it can, Damn, be, dude. it can be something like love and all. I get it. But can we get more specific? It doesn't have to be Wes's purpose. No. percent the profits because he's going to be the Bill Wilson of business. It's like, <laughs> yeah. no, I, I'm not. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just like, try to walk around this weekend or whatever you have and go, dude, aside from anybody else and sitting around and trying to have these intellectual conversations by yourself. Look at a mirror and try to answer like, what is my purpose, if anything? And it's okay if there's not. And I'm mm-hmm. not inclined to ask. I don't know. But I'm just saying, how do you drive to on a road trip to get to the mountains if you don't have a map? Spot if you on. don't have a GPS. If you don't. Mm-hmm. And so I, I questioned myself over the last years. And I was like, what have I been looking to or calling upon? Or, mm-hmm. or what words or something guide me? Yeah. So, yeah. so it's, dude, addiction for me was not, it's not running from anything. It's running towards something. Absolutely. You know? that. I'm sick of like this idea of like, I'm blessed to be in life and all the upside. It's not about yeah. putting crosses up as I drive down the, the street and see a Budweiser billboard. I don't. Yeah. If I wanted to do that and if, if, if my emotional feeling, even in the midst of the grief and pain of divorce or whatever else it might be, was, was if I thought it was better with the drugs, I'd be there. I wouldn't be on this podcast. I'd exactly. Be and I sell, I sell in quotes, every person in recovery that I'm trying to get in to come drink some of this Kool-Aid. I go, dude, I wouldn't be there. Do you exactly. trust me knowing that I used to party with you the way I did? Then you know my heart. I'd be there. Because exactly. I'm not interested in not feeling something, A, B, really believing something, because I know that when I use pure cocaine, I know what I'm getting. Absolutely. Okay? And I mm-hmm. also know that when I wake up in the morning where I haven't been crying, trying to talk about God all night, or when I'm sitting there looking at the birds through the windows, I also know what I'm getting. That investment is no longer worth it in my life because yeah. I acknowledge the fact and recognize that my life not yeah, not. man. Well, because we've been convinced that that addiction means that we are, you know, we are, we are less than, we are no good, that we are kind of the the lost cause. That's not true at all. In fact, when you turn the mess into a message, like you've been doing, like we do here on the team, you start seeing that all of a sudden we have the ability to inspire. We have the the ability to to draw attention and to say, hey, if he can do it, maybe I can do it. When I first started this team, when we started running five Ks. I had five people that were like, I'll give it a shot, but I'm an ex-heroin addict. I don't think I could run around the block unless I'm getting chased by the police, right? (laughs) And now, 10 years later, we've got thousands of athletes. We're opening chapters up all over the country. And I'm like, this is simply because they thought I'm not an athlete. Well, yeah, but you're really not an addict either. So that sole purpose you're talking about, such an important factor. And you know you don't don't have it if you're stuck in addiction and you're you're in that depression line. Yeah, and here's, once you here's jump ship and start finding it, life changes pretty quickly. Yeah, and you know, I think anybody in life wants the answer when we're in a place of distress. Okay, like yep. if X, Y, or Z is happening, like I just want it to go away. You know, mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I want something, and so at times you can't. You have to be patient. At mm-hmm. times you're like, oh, patient. What is this? Like some zend out long-haired dude saying just wait for it i promise it will show up well here's Mm -hmm. the deal let me give you something more practical in my opinion yeah finding your purpose 
a lot of people, including myself, when I say, what is my purpose? And I'm just going to say one thing, uh, you know, I'm like, oh, God, it's hard. It's hard to wrap mm -hmm. that up. So instead of trying to identify it and then feeling hopeless because you see someone that you think they have their purpose nailed, but you don't have one, you're like, well, fuck, I don't have purpose and I can't figure that out. Well, what I started doing at the beginning, too, is start to realize even within a particular day, like, what's my purpose for today? What's my greatest value today? I started focusing on absolutely knowing what was not my focus or my purpose. Yeah. So my process of elimination, if you say, I know, I don't know exactly what my purpose is, but I damn sure know what it's not. Boom. And, and so my point is, is something happens when you start making progress about cutting off the fat off of a steak or whatever the heck it is. We probably got some vegans out there too. So we'll, we'll say something else. I don't know, <laughs> yeah. Avocado. Good fat. Go. Good fat. Um, Good no, fat. but my, my, yeah, I mean, there's something, there's just a lot of power in that. There is. There, there, there's a lot. And I, and I love that. And, you know, listeners, what Wes is talking about is very important, specifically if you're on the cusp of making that decision to, to you know, maybe pursue sobriety. Because for me, Wes, you're, you're, you're speaking my language, brother, because I tried a lot of different things. I thought maybe I could be, you know, maybe maybe the teacher. Couldn't do that. I thought maybe I'd be the healer. I you know, saw blood for the first time. Nope, can't do that. I found out that my sole purpose is to serve. And I found a niche to do it through serving people as a therapist, as a coach to this nonprofit organization, to my family, to my religious you know, mindsets, everything. When I jump tracks and get out of that method of service, that's when the depression sneaks in. That's when I start getting out of balance. That's when my North Star becomes my, my South Pole Star and things get completely turned upside down. So you're right, man. And that process so of elimination, boom. Why do, why do you think, okay, so why do you think you go outside of that lane. What are, what attributes to going outside of the lane if we intellectually, consciously, and I, I think you believe that the mm -hmm. alternative is better because you've seen the return on that life investment, as I like to yeah. call it. Yeah. So what do you that's, think it is? That's for me. It, it, it's it's that ego that sometimes comes sneaking back in. Sometimes yeah. it's the it's that self doubt, that imposter. You know, like. Dude, I, I mean, I'm a high school dropout that went back and found like some kind of niche. I feel like I suckered the college out of giving me a diploma. Like I really oh, feel like an imposter sometimes. So when I start getting in my head, I start pulling back a little bit. And as soon as that North Star, which is service oriented mindset, as soon as that starts to shift and all of a sudden my, my North Star turns into my East and the West turns up there, I'm like, I'm, I'm done. So then I've got to start, you know, doing things more for me, serving myself again, getting back into things that I need to do, go for a run in the morning, all that stuff. So being mindful, man, it's huge. I love that you said that process of elimination, like, oh, I'm taking on too much of other people's issues. Now I'm trying to be a god over them or, or a steward over them. I can't do that. I can help guide them and serve. Can't do it for them. It can be, it can be a depth, a really deep one, or it can be a daily one. Like, yeah. I know today this is not the most me getting on X, Y, I don't know. I, I, I try to, I try to give folks or try to encourage people with very practical actions they can take that because it's always difficult to read some like quote on Instagram and it'd be like yeah. so beautiful. And then you're like, cool. How do I take like, to me, it's like action to advocacy insights to action. It's like, it's like take the next just do the next right thing okay well what what's the next right thing okay the next right thing is not to do the next wrong thing that's exactly. what it is 
Okay, yeah. so do that first, and then you're already doing the right thing. Okay, so, um, you know, I don't know. Anyway, but that's the thing, though, is, is that's my thing, is that most people in situations like myself and like you who who – one day, maybe take a step back and look at the bigger picture for a moment. Instead of that precise kind of like sniper type mindset where we're just looking through the scope, we take a step back and we see the bigger picture. It's like, I think I could do something for this. That mindset of like, I'm going to stick my neck out. I think people in recovery are very good at. <laughs> but the problem is they don't have that next step after that next step. And it's like, you know, I'm curious, once you had the idea for clean cause and once you had the, the you know, the, the, the process start moving, how did you not get nervous and retract? How did you just keep going? Because I think sometimes people don't realize, I, I signed every podcast off with go turn your mess into a message. But some people are like, but maybe my story holds no value. Like your story is what creates your whole like existence. Don't keep it anonymous, share it from the rooftops. But like, why do you think so many people feel like, well, no one's going to give a shit what I think or what I'm doing, so why, why try? I, you know, I'll challenge the, the pretense maybe to say I'm not sure. I think it's more fear. Just, mm -hmm. I, I, think, I mean, I think both are valid, but, but for me or the folks that I know, like vulnerability is power. Mm. Giving, you get service you feel fulfilled mm -hmm. like it's all it's it's all the things that like society it's it's like basically zig when society zags right because because if they're doing it and it's all in unison there's a good chance it's probably not the best for your heart and soul but to your point um mm -hmm. you know or i i think it's mainly fear like dude we just yeah. don't want to be seen i mean there's still layers of me like you know like, you know, do I still struggle with porn at times? Yeah, I do. And I'm mm -hmm. willing to tell them that, the people. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not awesome. That sucks. You yeah. know? And yeah. it feels kind of gross. And I'm like, I'm kind of gross. I don't even admit I'm like a dude, you know, but it's like, mm -hmm. oh, but everybody does it. And blah, blah, blah. And it's like, Stop. It's not okay. about what everybody's yeah. fucking doing. It's what it's doing to your heart. What is it doing to your soul? What is it doing to your mind? Stop looking at everybody else for a minute and say, what is your North Star? Not what is everyone else's North Star. What, what is, don't, don't focus about their purpose. What is your purpose? Well, you know what it's not, so just don't do those things and you start moving towards your purpose. About fear, about your vulnerability. Vulnerability is freedom if it's done in the right dose in the right ways. Oh, brother, thing. say that one more time. Listeners, listen closely. Freedom is what? Well, vulnerability is freedom if it's done in the proper way. Yes. It's, it's and, and we don't, and then what's crazy, like, and you've gotten experiences, it's like, it's like someone tells you a secret about life after mm -hmm. you become vulnerable. And it's like the, and then you have, like, the person that tried to kick your ass in, in junior high that caused you trauma, that's me. Um, mm -hmm circle back 30 years later and say i've been following you man yeah. and um and i'm in recovery and thank you what yeah. mind-blowing what mm -hmm. and i was like oh my gosh what is going on here and i you know and then and then you try to do it at next level by me talking about my pornography or whatever it's like i'm trying to relate to the person out there that might be struggling with eating ice cream because, you know, look, my flavor of affliction, that's it. But yeah. everybody's got one. And yes, they do. The 
it touches everyone's soul the same way. And that's my opinion. It touches our soul the same way. Why does addiction maybe get more attention so forth from a societal or moral, secular, whatever you want to call it, standpoint? Mm -hmm. Because the consequences, in my opinion, are outward facing. They're material. They, they manifest with me showing up late to work by crashing cars and things. Well, yep. you know, obesity from eating too much ice cream might drive up my premium societally, but no yep. one's going to see that. And no one cares. And it helps you and me. If I can point to Coach Blue and say, Coach, but he, he watches way more porn than Wes. I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, um, exactly. By, by the, the way, comparison. guys, I'm not, a porn, I'm not a porn addict. I'm just using porn, okay, as <laughs> the, the case study, everyone. They're like, yeah, gotcha. you would follow you. If you weren't. I'm like, mm -hmm. shit. Um, anyway. Um, but I got you. Yeah. That's how, that's how it is. And when we do that, we, we, we dumb ourselves down. Mm -hmm. I mean, Dude, I, I love Wes. I love your mindset, man. And I can understand how, because even me, when we started Addict to Athlete, and some of the ideas and some of the approaches that I took were very against the grain. Like I said, we we don't consider ourselves anonymous, and we're very much in the in the in the public eye. I think yeah. you know, being on the team tells everybody that you had or know someone that struggles with addiction. So you're a walking embassy of telling your story. And ten years ago, that was unheard of, and we got kind of dinged. Um, we had people say we're doing it the wrong way, we're hurting people, but here we still are. But the, the concept remains the same is that there are still people that hide from this. And so you and your approach is probably so radical compared to so many other people. How in the world have you maintained your mindset um, that kind of goes against tradition? Because I love what you're saying. Um, and I think we need to have people that are a little bit more progressive when it comes to like, there's no single one way to, to find this or to serve through this. Right. How do you not jump ship and just kind of like fold to the, the corporation or the society and, and the norms that are trying to be established? How do you keep marching to the beat of your own drum? Well, a team, a great team that is aligned in heart, first and foremost. Like, you know, half the, peop the, half the people that work, I work with wouldn't be here without the cause. And, yeah. and the other half wouldn't have stayed without the cause. You know, it's it's uh, it's it's not about Wes, the CEO. It's a, it's it's a cause that's bigger, you know. One, yeah. one, and so so when I look at that and I say, hey, it's not Wes. You take off the S. It's we. And you look at what the power of, of people who are it's increasing the vulnerability of all. I love it, man. I love it. I know we're kind of running out of time. You've got a hard out, but I want to know, tell, tell the listeners, because you've sent us some of your, um, your product and we've ordered some. In fact, we used it a couple of, about no, not too long ago when we did a bike, big cycling event, uh, the team going down to a 400 mile bike race and, and we had it in the cooler, man. It was great stuff. Um, Tell tell the listeners a little bit about about Clean Cause and about what it is, and we're gonna we're gonna order some more to, to bring to our, our meetings when the podcast launches because I want to share this with people because of the message, and what you guys do. So tell a little bit about the product. Yeah, radical. Thank you. Um, you know, it's a sparkling yerba mate for all intents and purposes. I call it better caffeine. Um, mm -hmm. and so it's got a, a good. It packs a good punch. Um, I don't think it has, and there's no science behind this. I don't feel kind of the hangover or crash from it, and that's why mm -hmm. I really loved it. Um, and it's, it's lower calorie. It tastes damn good, and it's yeah. uh, USDA organic, you know, yeah. organic. And so it's 
it's pretty dang good, you know. It's clean. Uh, it's clean, it, yeah. No, that's, I mean, I've told them, and they go, it's, it's clean. And so, you know, the uh -huh. good news, too, is that, you know, part of it, I've been innovating a lot lately because, you know, not everybody drinks caffeine and not everybody drinks a shitload of caffeine, but this uh -huh. cause affects us all. So part of the vision always behind clean was, you know, one day I want to have clean diapers, man. But the, the yeah. point is, is uh, on this drink, what I would say, so I don't have to sell too hard, is give it a shot, come for the cost, yeah. and then come back for the quality. If it's not your jam, all good. Throw us good vibes. And if it's yeah. not your jam, throw us good vibes, sign up for the newsletter, and start to look for some new products coming out. Because we consider this a clean energy platform and in a way to get really loud. And, um, you know, the truth is, is addiction's a big problem. Mm -hmm. It's going to require a big solution. Big solutions yeah. require big money. Big money requires lots of cans that need to be sold. So I'll have to say clean is a can with a plan, but it's nothing without the consumer. Give it a shot. Spread the word. Watch what we do, not what we say, and see mm -hmm. if we can together, you know, catalyze some change in this in this uh this age of so much darkness you know absolutely you know brother it's interesting we you know our podcast is getting larger we're getting more more attention to it and stuff and people call and they're like hey you know advertising and things of that nature um but we're yeah just like you you're picky with who you align with and you know we've watched you for a long time and followed followed your story for quite a while and like he's marissa's probably you know been hounding you for a little over a year now to get you on here because we believe so much in what you're doing and just speaking to you now and knowing that the heartbeats are kind of in the same rhythm i'm like this is it's exactly where you're supposed to be and so we want to be a supporter to it we'll we'll listeners will attach all of the info to to clean cause and and to his contact information to to you know to to check out the products to see what he's doing um yeah try it and see what what you feel and the newsletter, you know, I'm we're we're in it. So I know you guys produce great content as well. So uh, Wes, thanks for carving out some time today, brother. Final message: What do you tell the person who's maybe in that cemetery themselves and that mindset of like, what's the point? What do you tell that person that's like maybe this darkness it doesn't have a light at the end of the tunnel? One thread, grab to one thread of hope. Hope doesn't have to be the perfect answer in that moment. It's about one thread, just hold on. And I, I've always explained that to people. When I was in that cemetery, I said, I got one. It's so thin and I got one. But I can tell you that, that it grows, man, and it grows. And there's so many people out there that love you. There's so many that just, they're behind you, no matter what level of shame you have. Shed it because we all have that. And that's not who you are. So you got a purpose. Remember, even if you don't know what it is today, you do know what it's not. And give give clean a shot. And if you like it, uh, throw a cheers out there and share it. And at the very end of the day, man, life's short. So, um, you know, go hug the loved ones you got and, yeah. and make amends for, for shit that you did in the past. You don't want to regret anything. Absolutely, brother. Well said. Thank you so much for being part of this. Again, athletes, you've been well fed. I want to thank Radio Ronan and the Radio Ronan Network for uh, assisting and hosting Team Attica Athletes Podcast. Go check out the other podcasts on the, on the network. And athletes, until next time, 